new era in independent art celebration. Indecent exposure. You were convicted of indecent exposure for the third time. That's exactly what it is there, Poindexter. It is four counts of indecent exposure. And you are listening to episode number 24 of Indecent Exposure here at the Greylock Glass. I'm your host, Jason Velasquez, and it is super to have you here with me for this episode, which I am pleased to announce features two of the three permanent members of The Matchstick Architects. Dar Maloney, who is the lead singer, songwriter, and rhythm guitarist, and Tom Conklin, who is lead guitar and vocals. Missing from the conversation, sadly, is Diane Davis on bass and vocals, and who is the technological mastermind of the production of this most recent album, All That's In Between. Now, this album is uh, really something special, and it's having its CD release party at the Whitney Center for the Arts in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. You'll also get to hear the Matchstick Architects play the day before as part of the first Friday's Arts Walk in Pittsfield. Uh, and we'll get to hear a little bit more about that. And of course, we'll have links in the show notes. For now, let's go right to that interview with Dar Maloney and Tom Conklin here on Indecent Exposure. How are both of you? Hey, good. We're doing How are good. You? Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. I am so stoked to have you, and I'll tell you why. Um, because Indecent Exposure is one of my favorite shows, if not my favorite show. And it has been put on hold for far, far too long. I think um, I I can do so much good in the world, just turning people on to the great local music like Matchstick, Matchstick Architects. And it's it's kind of I don't know, kind of fitting that uh, that you're helping me kick off uh, this sort of relaunch. So thanks thanks so much for for coming on the show. Um, Happy to do it. You've got a brand new album out, and it is called All That's In Between. The CD release party has not happened yet. That's happening next month. Why don't you tell us a little bit about about the the genesis of this album? Oh man, <laughs> it's our, where do we start? Right, uh, where do we start? Uh, well, we'll start at the beginning. You know, <laughs> good idea. Um, well, I had I've been in bands. I've been playing uh, music and writing songs for the last, I don't know, 20 years maybe. Um, and so I kind of had some songs already written. Uh, I moved from Albany County out to Columbia County. And when I did that, I. Um, I realized I really wanted to find other musicians to play with because I really, my goal was to eventually, you know, record my original music, the songs that I'd written and hopefully write more. So first thing I needed was a guitar player because I do play guitar, but I don't consider (laughs) myself a guitar player. So uh, I went online uh, on a a website for for, uh, (laughs) musicians looking for other musicians. Right. And uh, I met Tom, and uh, we we've been together ever since. As I, I like, yeah, to that say. was 2010. I I want to say yes, it was. It so was. there's no there's no truth to the fact that internet relationships can't work. <laughs> That's no, right. absolutely not. We are living proof that they can work, <laughs> yeah, uh, whether they're awesome. professional, personal, or otherwise. Uh, right. Um, I guess so. Yeah. Yes, so yes. you guys hooked up, and did you already have a certain idea that both of you what you were looking to create or did you sort of um synthesize what you both had into something new 
Well, I know Dar had a lot of songs kind of kicking around already, and when we when we got started, we we got a list of covers together like everybody does, you know, and uh, and we started working on those. And I think it was maybe six songs that you had right um, sort of ready to go. Yep. Um, and we kind of just went from there. I mean, Dar. Yeah, I mean, Tom and I did the the duo thing for for a long time. Uh, and then, but you know, we continued to look for a bass player and a drummer, and then we we did find a bass player, uh, and she was such an amazing find. Not only you know an, a talented musician, extraordinarily talented, but just a really amazing human being. And this is too. Diane Davis. Yes, yep. it is. Um, or so Dee Dee Davis. Yeah, Dee Dee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Die Die actually. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we got to get that right. That's true. Yes. Right. Thank you. Um, and so she was the she was she joined us uh, early on, and then and then our I think our search for a drummer has been the eternal thorn in our side yeah. as far as being a, you know a, a band. Uh, <laughs> we've just not had a ton of luck keeping them. <laughs> we've had quite a few. We've had quite a few, and actually, um, to be honest with you, our last drummer Paul, who's on the CD. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have stuck around had he not decided he was just going to move to Nashville. <laughs> so I can't bl- can't cite yeah, him for I can't that, blame him either. You know, um, for not sticking around. So drummers are uh, hard. I know because in the bands that I've had, drummers have almost always been either really really good and they end up moving on to something bigger and better, or and and I apologize to all the great drummers out there, um, <laughs> completely. Um, you know, was it better to burn out than to fade away? Kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, and they they love their partying, and uh, it's it's they are the backbone, the the beat of the band, and it's just they're they're tough. And, and once you find a good one, you don't you want to keep them in a box, frankly. Yeah, you know. Also, too, I mean, uh, again, I, I mean, I'll apologize to the drummers a little bit, or apologize to the drummers. Um, not all of them are that great, you know, and a lot of them, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just the way it is. Anyway, it's not, all the guitar players aren't great either, but, uh, you know, uh, you try to find somebody that meets your standard or your need. And, uh, you know, now that we've had Paul in the group, it's, it's really been tough to try to match that because he was so fantastic right. for us. Yeah, we yeah used to, he was perfect. We used to joke that drummers are great uh, because they're more likely, they're most likely to own a van. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why if you can find a drummer with a van, you can forgive a lot. Um, yeah, really. So, all right. So you've been writing together, um, Dar, you've had some tunes. Uh, what, if you could just sort of describe what it is that um, that you were, that you're shooting for. With these, oh, with man. these tunes, with these tunes, yeah. Well, I think you know. For me, growing up, I, I always loved music more than anything. Always, always, and and knew I wanted to learn how to play guitar, and definitely knew I wanted to sing. I mean, that was a given. And I think for me, um, it's a lot of it is about sharing your experiences through the songs. Uh, with people uh, that and, you know, stuff that they can relate to, experience you know, things that I've been through, or maybe I've watched other people go through, uh, and then you know, kind of 
putting them down and, and writing a song around it and then and then having people hear it and go yeah yeah you know I, I can relate to that I, I get that and so I won't say that was my direct goal but I think indirectly that's that is the goal um, for a lot of musicians out there doing their own stuff um, and I think the title alone says it all it's kinda like all that's in between everything that happens to you from the time you're born till the time you kinda grow old and and leave this world wherever you go mm -hmm. it's all the stuff that falls in between that you know that that makes up your life so so that's kind of you know that's kind of how I'm approaching it I think for me um, it, it was kind of finding my place I think and kinda of deciding you know what kind of guitar work I thought would work well with Dar's you know uh, rhythm tracks and uh, I think we've you know come to a good uh, place and uh, you know I've kind of uh, adopted this minimalistic is that a right is that a word <laughs> I don't know it's, uh, well actually I shouldn't say that a lot of people think that I don't play uh, a lot that I'm kind of minimal but uh, in my mind, I really do a lot, you know, and uh, it's just not over rambunctious, you know. I'd say you can probably cut his take by 10% now that he said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing about, that's that's the, the beautiful thing about Tom uh, and his guitar playing. I love the way he plays guitar. Um, I, I love that he always seems to find, he'll go, I'll give him a new song, he'll go off, he'll come back with the most amazing guitar parts that make the song and and then of course Diane comes in and she lays down some some badass bass oh, to man. it. Yeah. Um and so that is the one thing that I really have grown to love about, you know, not you know, not just playing with these guys. I mean they're my friends too, but they're they're such extremely talented musicians. Well let me so, let me talk a little bit about my own observations here. Um I would say first and foremost, um Dara, your lyrics um, are sometimes painfully honest, right? I mean, you're talking about things, that, and you mentioned that they are things that people can relate to. Yeah, they're things that can people can relate to, and sometimes they're not always the comfortable things. I mean, right. they are emotions that um, there. There's heartache. There's disappointment. There's uh, and sometimes just sort of you know stealing your your resolve and sort of, you know, clenching your teeth and just going forward. Um, yeah. And I would say that, you know, when I hear Tom's guitar work on top of that or below that, uh, it seems like it just clicks. It, 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 the personality, the aesthetic fits really well. You know, the honesty of the guitar, it fits the honesty of the lyrics. And so that, that's what I see. And that's what I hear. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that honesty um, does it ever worry you that you are tapping into a place that is that forces people to think? <laughs> Man, uh, well, Dar's the lyricist, so I guess that's a question for her. So. No, no. In fact, that I, I I like that, and I and going back really quickly to what you said about stuff that can make you uncomfortable, I. I really love stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, like, because it does kind of force you to look at things that you might not always want to look at. And, and so, you know, I, I kind of like having that ability and I don't always intentionally do it when I set up, you know, when I write a song, I don't, 
I might have an idea or a topic, but it just kind of all comes out at once. So, you know, it's sometimes it's a happy song, sometimes not so happy. Mm -hmm. No, I, I get it. I mean, I get that. It's, it's, look, as, as its root, as part of, as part of its roots, you know, the blues figures into rock and roll. The blues figures into country. The blues figures into a lot. And when you listen to the blues, you realize it comes from a place of having no filter, no editor. Yep. You know, there's no, there's no one saying, oh, gosh, I don't think you should say that. Yeah. And I, I think that that's what I'm hearing when I listen to Matchstick Ar Ar Architects, that there's nobody telling you, oh, maybe you shouldn't say that. You just come right out and you say it, and, and then it ends up working because there wasn't anybody, you know, trying to dance dance around the issues. Um, right. Let's let's talk about one of the songs in particular on the album. Um, let's talk about Renegade Friend. What's the inspiration for that? I'd, I'd like to know. Well, Darn. Renegade Friend is loosely based on um, a childhood, well, high school, childhood high school best friend who uh, had a very bad uh, drug addiction um, and we lost her way too soon uh, and that was that was that that was really tough uh, for everybody involved and um, in some weird roundabout way uh, the song ended up being about her because she she was definitely a renegade friend to all of us I think we lost a big chunk of her when when she went off and and, and left us and um, she would call me from really strange places it, 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 you know at all strange hours and, and she would say things like you know guess where I am or guess who I'm with and I never really wanted to hear mm -hmm. the answer because it was never it was never she was never in a good place um, so that's how this song came about that and the fact that Tom had written um some <laughs> lyrics <laughs> and he, he, he'd approached me with them and he kind of had sort of this idea about about uh it was a, like a suicide lament thing you know it was was kind of ridiculous for me because you know dar writes from experience and i was just trying to write a song that i thought would you know touch some kind of emotion but i haven't i, I didn't lose anybody that way you know and uh but the funny thing about this song too is you know I actually came to Dar with the chord progression, which usually works the other way around, you right. know. Right. And uh, but you know, she wrote the great lyrics, and I kind of buried the ones that I wrote. Yeah, so we switched <laughs> it out a little bit, and uh, and that, and 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 I just used my friend as as the source of uh, of the of the song "Renegade Friend." For some reason, that that term just kept sticking in my head, and usually when that happens, I got to go with it. It's hard to remember 
to the subjects of songs be they alive or dead what what do you owe them that's a interesting question well i think probably true representation would be the best thing that i could say about about that i mean i do feel obligated to to tell the truth i don't embellish on the songs you know um whatever i'm writing about is really coming from a real world place. Um, but I try to do it in, in as diplomatic a way as I can, even though sometimes, you know, like you said, you kind of just have to say it the way you have to say it, uh, and, and be okay with that. And yeah, somebody might get upset or a little hurt, but you know, you have to be true to yourself too. So I think it's the same too from the, um, instrumental aspect of it. You know, none of us are doing anything, you know, trying to sound like anybody else. You know, everything that we play, I think, comes from, you know, within us pretty, you know, pretty uh, quite specially, I guess. And uh, uh, it just comes out. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, the guitar lines that I put down are just, you know, from my soul, I guess, you know, and 
not trying to sound like anybody, not trying to impress anybody, just, uh, just comes out the way, you know, it feels. So, Renegade Friend, one of the many gems on all that's in between. Um, tell me, how long have you been at work on this album? No, that's not a question we were hoping you'd ask. But <laughs> oh, boy. Too long. Yeah. Uh, definitely a labor of love. Uh, and, and and a lot of it went back to the, our, our drummer uh, issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we, we had a hard time. Uh, in fact, every day we released, Tom and I released on our own um, before we met uh, Diane. Uh, and mm-hmm. that was actually, it was nice because that was actually a little bit of a hit on on uh, one of the local chan- radio stations in Albany. Um, and we just had one of my friends, he put electronic drums on it and he played bass on it and recorded it. Um, so I almost forgot about that. <laughs> it, is, it is funny how that, that song has changed, uh, changed in some lot. ways. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, it's like fine wine, right? It, it takes time. You know, as long as you as long as you manage to catch it before it turns to vinegar, you're golden, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Indeed. And we played the song so much in that on all that time that um, you know it was a lot easier, I think, for us to go in the studio and lay it all down. We learned a lot. We did everything ourselves from start to finish, and I think that's also what took us an extremely uh, incredible amount of time. We were very, very fussy and and very, very. Um, systematic uh in in each of the songs and and i think in the end we i i'm pretty proud of what what we ended up with you know i was just gonna say real quick uh you know just back to the drummer thing you know we brought in a lot of different drummers we tried to find a lot of drummers to fit the band and we had a tough time doing that and um then we kind of resolved to maybe finding a studio drummer mm-hmm. to come in you know we had a couple guys lay some stuff down we weren't completely happy with then um uh, uh Terry Alaberry came along Terry Alaberry and, yeah. uh, and he actually does play on one right, of the tracks, on one of the tracks. Yeah. yeah every day is the track that he's on and uh it's great you know and then uh we we did have him do another track which we didn't keep only because um you know, we kind of changed the song up a little bit, but uh, since then it's been Paul on, on the uh, on all the songs, and he's just done a fabulous job. So great, great um, for geeks out there, um, tech geeks. What uh, what's your setup like? You said you did all all of this uh, studio work <laughs> yourself. What uh, what kind of setup do you have there? Here's where we wish Diane was oh, here. Boy, I wish um, Diane was here. <clears throat> I know she has a Motu. She's got um, her DAW is sonar, sonar, um, and everything is portable for her. She's she's <laughs> she's really um, so up to date with all the latest technology that it actually enables us to play live with not a whole lot of stuff. Right, and she can just control everything from a little tablet. Um, she also has a nice studio set up uh, in her basement. Melba Studios. Yeah, we'll Melba just give Studios. Her a quick plug. It's mm-hmm. Melba Studios because she records Mark a lot Hampstead, of Hampstead, Connecticut. Yep, she records a lot of uh, of different styles of music, uh, and she's really, like I said, she's really brilliant. And um, you can, well, you can hear it in the city. Right. Her console, too, by the way, is this giant tablet. It's like massive. I don't know how big is it. It's like a thirty-two inch TV, you know. Yeah. Uh, and she, she just, you know, has that set up in She's front like of her. She can take scientist. it wherever she wants. She is. 
And uh, so instead of having the, you know, all the uh, analog stuff, it's all digital. It's all and, digital, uh, yeah. Uh, it's really quite uh, special. It works great. And yep. Bar Campstead is really quiet over by the reservoir, so you don't have to soundproof your <laughs> studio quite as much. You're right. absolutely right. It is. Very She's quiet in the woods, there. too. Yep. Yeah. You know, actually, there's so many. There's, it's, it's funny that the number of um, engineers that I've talked to in the last you know year or so that are out in the woods is is insane. It's it's kind of like okay, I can spend the money on on soundproofing, or I can just go move out into the woods. Exactly. <laughs> they seem to want to move out into the woods. Um, there's another place down in Connecticut. I can't remember the name of it. Um, one of my previous interviews, Molly Pinto Madigan, has a studio or you know, recorded her last album down in, in some boondock studio out in Connecticut. So maybe <laughs> that's just where. Maybe, maybe it was maybe, Diane's. Maybe it was Diane's. Could have been. <laughs> So um, let's talk a little bit about um, where you fit in with the the larger ecosystem. Um, you are, you know, we've we've talked before, Tom, about the Berkshire Organization for Original Music, and I know that there seems to be a real uptick in in an interest in seeing more mm -hmm. original, you know, writing and more original production. Uh, what um, what about the matchsticks match? Boy, I'm going to have a hard time saying that. <laughs> um, matchstick architects. Well, the thing is, I had a, I had five molars taken out a couple of months ago. Oh no! And I, I still haven't really fully recovered from that. Matchstick architects. Um, maybe that's what the therapist, uh, the, you know, the, the molar therapist uh, would have told me. <laughs> uh, say matchstick architects five times fast. Um, how does how does it fit into the sort of the ecosystem of of original music in the Berkshires? How do you how do you see yourself? Uh, by the way, uh, two Dara's on our board on the Boom board. I don't know if you knew that, so uh, an interesting. So she can certainly talk to that as well. Yeah. Full disclosure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I, you know, I guess we fit in in a way that. You know, we're just another one of the uh, original bands that uh, are finding a, a you know a difficult time trying to find places to play, you know, and, and trying to find uh, steady gigs. And uh, this summer particularly has been pretty tough for us. Last summer we had no CD and we had more gigs than you can count. And uh, this summer, not so many gigs and we have a CD, so it's <laughs> kind of backwards for us. Yeah. And then I think that's just because, you know, uh, just kind of the attitude and mentality that's here in the Berkshires. Uh, it's more of a place where people go to see music that they already know. So they're comfortable seeing, you know, bands playing, you know, their favorite Led Zeppelin song or their favorite, uh, I don't know, um, Grand Funk song or something or whatever. And uh, so it makes it tough for original bands. But, uh, you know, I think we're we're making some headway with that. We hope so anyway. I mean, that's the goal is to break that mindset um, because there's such an incredible wealth of amazing musicians and music coming out of this mm -hmm. Berkshires. It's, it's just crazy. And, you know, I think if people start to realize that, really realize that, maybe they would want to go out and hear original music rather than go out and listen to someone do Van Halen for the 99th millionth time. Right. But yeah, I think that a lot of people are, are shocked at how much they like, you know, music that is has been uh, vented or minted in the last, uh, you know, year or two. Uh, you know, it's I, kind I of think, dictated to them too. You know that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> not it's not as if um, it is not as if there aren't 
great albums being produced. I, I discovered this. I had a, a podcast back in 2005 called The Mongrel's Howl. And uh, sometimes I think I'm just going to resuscitate that. But um, I had gone through the 90s and the early 2000s thinking that basically modern music sucked. And some of it did. Some of it, <laughs> it did. Does. Some of it does. But the thing is, that was based, that was before I discovered all of these little players hiding in nooks and crannies all over, mostly the Northeast, um, which is my focus. And when I discovered, wow, there's actually people out there making great tunes, but you're never going to hear them, even on the college stations. In some cases, you gotta, yeah. you've gotta, you've gotta really dig deep. It's almost like you have to go undercover to find some of this great, this great work, and that remains the same ten years later. So right. I think that's that's a big reason why I decided, okay, this is going to be part of of the Greylock Glass because this, there are musicians here in the Berkshires, you know, banging their heads in a against the wall, banging their hearts against the wall. And I want to make sure that people get every opportunity to, to hear them play. It's funny that you say that because the last time we spoke is uh, Sandy and I, Sandy McKnight and I did a, a, a podcast with you talking about Boom specifically. And at that point, you know, we had maybe five, six, maybe seven artists on our website, which, by the way, is boom413.com. And um, if you go and take a look at it now, there are at least 30 bands on there. You know, accounting individual, you know, solo artists and stuff. Uh, so there's so many groups that you may never have heard of, and we didn't until we started doing this. Isn't so. that awesome? It's out there. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it feels really good. And, you know, it's it's just nice to connect with other musicians, too. I have to tell you, I've met so many nice people uh, while while being on the boom board. And, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's been really wonderful, too. Well, I missed I missed my one year anniversary party and my hundredth show, my hundredth episode party. So I'm gonna have a two hundredth. Oh, no. I think I'm gonna have a two hundredth episode party. It'll be it'll be sort of a like a benefit show for the Greylock Glass. So maybe maybe we can rent a hall and um, we can put together a a multi multi band uh, show to celebrate. That, that would, would be, awesome. be great. Yeah. If we, as, long, great. as long as you produce it, sir. <laughs> I hear that a lot. A lot, a lot. It's a lot of work. Have you ever produced a show? You would I know. Have, I have. I okay. have. And it's, it is a lot of work. Um, yeah. But uh, let's say that that doesn't actually happen. Uh, you've would got be some, fun, though. Yeah, I think it would be great. I mean, you know, we could even make a thing of it if it works out. Oh, um, yeah. What, uh, what else you've got coming up? You've got, uh, first of all, you've got the uh, most... First Friday's Art Walk in Pittsfield? Yes. That's coming, coming up August off. 5th? Yep. That's August 5th. What's um, going to be great about that? Oh, man. So that, many great things. Yeah, there's a lot of great things about that. And and um, Boom was involved in, in kind of putting these two things together. Yeah. In fact, uh, um, I, I, I believe Leave uh, Cummins, who uh, is one of our board members and uh, the wife of Sandy McKnight, um, contacted the folks at Arts Walk and uh, uh, we met and uh, talked about things and, uh, and they of course thought it was a great idea to infuse music into it and um, it was kind of like a match made in heaven you know and uh, so uh, Mary McGinnis who, who was I guess, I guess it's a board I'm not sure um, uh, involved with the Arts Walk as well as uh, Christine Hurley uh, uh, Kim Gritman as well 
does a lot of work for them. And uh, so they work hard on the art aspect of it. And now that we're involved, we can bring them uh, music. And uh, this time around, I think we have three different artists that are playing um, at the Arts Walk on August 5th. So it should be a lot of fun. And it may get people primed uh, who discover you for the first time to for the next night. Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. The big so, party. Yes. <laughs> so the before city release party. Before you skip to that, though, uh, the, the <laughs> arts walk, by the way, is five o'clock to uh, five to eight. Five to We're eight, playing yeah. from five to seven thirty at the uh, downtown Inc. building, which is at thirty three Dunham Mall. Uh, and it's um, not hard to find right after North Street. So come check us out. And uh, yeah. And Dara, the, uh, the next night. The next night we're at the wit. And we will be partying hard. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and uh, not only will we be, we be partying, but we'll also be doing all of the songs off the CD. We're going to do them live. Um, and it's just going to be one big happy celebration. I mean, it's, it is almost like a kid being born. I mean, <laughs> it's been <laughs> you know, as painful, it's, I it's think. It's been as painful. And, and, not quite as costly, but <laughs> right. Um, it's just you know. I know when the CDs finally show up at my door, uh, I'm just going to pull one out, and I think I'm probably going to cry a little bit because <laughs> it's, you know it's one of those moments also in your life where you're like, ever since I was a kid, I, this is what I wanted to do. This was my dream, mm-hmm. and there it is. It's you know, it's about to really, really come true. Um, so there's that without getting too schmaltzy about it. <laughs> it's um, all right. This is a schmaltzy show. <laughs> it was designed to be schmaltzy. Okay, good. So which was, uh, which was uh, uh, more uh, emotional for you, uh, or what do you think is going to be more emotional, the first time you heard one of our songs on the radio, or the first time you're going to see the CD uh, come? It's going to be, I think, probably the first time I ever heard our song on the radio. Yeah. I think that I definitely cried that day. I'll never forget it um, <laughs> because I never thought I would, you know, I never thought I would live to hear it. And, and there it was. And and I think, um, you know, same thing when the CD comes, but definitely hearing yourself for the first. Or, and on my way over here, I had our CD in and I'm thinking, and I'm singing along to my own songs. And it's <laughs> like, wow, that's like interesting. <laughs> It's, you know? it's it's yeah. It's nice when that's part of all that's in between, isn't it? Yeah, it those, really, those really victories. Is. So yeah. let's talk about. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm going to include links to all of these um, dates, all of these venues, in the show notes. The wit, um, down, um, the uh, the um, first Fridays, and your Facebook page. You've got a website as well, though, right? We, we do. do. It's tmaband.com. Um, it's kind of under construction, so we don't usually send people there right now. But, uh, you know, there are some things on there people can look at. Uh, you can so, check out uh, the Facebook page, which you've got. Yep. And also, I think, uh, did I find you on Bandcamp? Yep. And Reverb Nation. And Reverb Nation. We're all yep. over the place. Yeah, Number one music. Place. You can Twitter uh, us. You can Twitter. Facebook us. Yeah. 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 Well, then, oh, by the way, too, uh, I'm sorry. I, um, yeah, I wanted to make fine. sure that we thanked Ghazi Cosme over at uh, the oh, wit yes. because uh he's been very gracious in letting us um you know use this facility of course you know um we we had a started a relationship with him through with boom uh and he's been really kind to us so we're you know we're happy to do it there we're happy he's letting us do it there and uh and I don't think we mentioned the time it's going to be 7 to 10 right. on Saturday August 6th so yes. the big CD release party we can't wait 
All right. That is that is very important information that uh, we don't want to forget at all. And again, we will put that right in the show notes. Um, with that, let's um, let's take us out with the song, shall, shall we? Uh, uh, we've got um, well, I feel pretty happy, but I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna play. I'll tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna play a song that is um, sort of representative of the driving sort of rock and roll um, that uh, that you're known for, best known for. We're gonna it's play a wall of sound song. The <laughs> wall of sound song. We're gonna play sad but true. <laughs> And uh, that's going to get people completely in the mood to check you out uh, in Pittsfield, both first on August 5th and then on August 6th. Uh, so we are going to take us out with Sad But True. I want to say, Tom, thank you so much. Darth, thank you so much for coming on Indecent Exposure. Thank you. Here at the Greylock Glass. All right. We will see you on both of those days. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.
enjoyed your dose of indecent exposure this week don't forget to check out the matchstick architects first uh, as part of first friday's arts walk on august 5th and then at the whitney center for the arts on august 6th which is their official cd release party so you do not want to miss that at all a great great venue for it too All right, I've been your host, Jason Velasquez, and this is Indecent Exposure on the Greylock Glass. We will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Now you can subscribe to this show through iTunes. Just click the button in the right-hand sidebar and never miss an episode again.